Hey everybody, JB here. Thank you for checking out episode number four of the Trapper Rock 101 podcast from Pirates and Poets. Uh, this week's episode features Dennis King. You might be familiar with Dennis as a uh, longtime member of the Trapper Rock community, big time contributor to the cause. Uh, for 20 years now, he has hosted the Island Time radio show, uh, Monday nights, 10 p.m., three hour show starting at 10 p.m. Eastern. Broadcasting out of Cleveland, Ohio. Really enjoyed this conversation. Excited to share it with you. Uh, very different from our first few episodes that featured uh, musicians. Um, before we get to the interview, I want to uh, remind you that this is the Trap Rock 101 podcast where we share the stories and uh, history of the Trap Rock community and the Trap Rock genre. Uh, this show is brought to you by Pirates and Poets. Uh, Pirates and Poets, we do a lot of different things. We are probably best known for hosting songwriter acoustic type shows all over the country. And uh, we appreciate your support over all the years and would appreciate your continued support this summer as uh, as Pirates and Poets and all the artists we deal with, uh, we, that we work with, deal with the ongoing COVID-19 situation. Uh, lots of places such as Texas where we live have been locked back down to a certain extent, and uh, all of our normal revenue streams, such as live shows, booking shows for artists, uh, working sound and events and stuff, all of that is blown up and gone. Uh, we basically have no income coming in right now unless it comes from fans donating or buying merch. So if you want to support the Trapper Rock 101 podcast or Pirates and Poets in general, please head over to piratesandpoets.net slash donate. That's piratesandpoets.net slash donate. Uh, you can find a PayPal button. You can find our Venmo information. You can also find a link to our online store. We have hats and masks. Yes, we have cool Pirates and Poets masks, hats, masks, CDs, stickers, all ready to ship out to you as soon as you order them. Uh, again, we want you to enjoy the podcast, but if you uh, have the time and the money to send us a little love offering, either in the way of a donation or a merchandise purchase, it will help keep the lights on and the podcast coming to you. All right, back to Dennis King. Uh, like I said, Dennis has been a member of the Trap Rock community forever and a day. He hosts the longest-running radio show in Trap Rock history, the Allentime Radio Show, broadcasting every Monday on WBWC.com. That's based out of Cleveland, Ohio. show starts at 10 p.m. Eastern, runs for three hours, so it winds up at 1 a.m. Eastern. You can also find it at the TuneIn app. Uh, it's syndicated on Radio A1A and several other radio stations. Just go to, uh, just Google Island Time Radio Show, Dennis King, and you can find out more about how you can listen to the show or uh, listen to this interview because he talks about it a lot in that. Uh, we cover a lot of ground in this interview. We talk about some of Dennis's favorite events, which include Flocking of the Faithful at Putin Bay, Ohio, Music on the Bay in Tampa, Florida, and much more. We also talk about, you know, how Dennis goes about building his radio show. Uh, talk about a lot of the bands he's a big time fan of, including the Beach Boys, as, long, as well as a lot of independent trap rock artists. It's a fun interview. It's very different than uh, than the first three or four we've done for Trap Rock 101 podcast. And I hope you enjoy. So here we go. This is my interview with Dennis King. Combination of things, but yes, uh, when I was in high school, I had the Endless Summer album by the Beach Boys. That's what got me into it. And uh, album by album, I just you know, I heard about Pet Sounds, and then I heard about uh, Today and Summer Days and Summer. Anyway, within a year, I had every album by the boys, and then uh, ended up seeing them in concert a ton of times. And I remember 
distinctly as a senior in high school, because I was a radio fanatic. I used to listen to Top 40 and album-oriented and all that stuff. And I remember thinking, wouldn't it be cool to have a surf music uh, or format on a radio station? Because I had, I had not only Beach Boys, but I had surf instrumentals and all that kind of stuff. But I knew uh, it was so limited. I said, there's just, you know, it was a fleeting thought. But then years later, when I got into uh, my 30s, I really started getting into Jimmy Buffett's music. And, and the same thing happened with him. It was album by album. I got A1A, and then I got uh, this album, and then Fruitcakes came out, and on and on. So um, after that happened, I was always into uh, the water theme or summer or warm weather, you know, and, and I we have a... a island up here on South Bass Island in Lake Erie and it's called Puddin Bay and I, they have a bunch, a bunch of musicians who sing about the water and drinking and boating and all that stuff so I added that and then that's about the same time that the trap rock music started coming out you know Jim Morris and Hugo Duarte and Sonny Jim White Mark Mulligan these guys so I combined everything together and that's really when I that idea I had in high school came back I said you know this this may work there's enough music here yeah, twenty years. That's pretty. That's a pretty good run on radio. Uh, and and unlike a lot of the folks in Trap Rock Radio, you are on a terrestrial station. You're you're not yes. doing an internet station. So you you have certain people that you have to keep happy. Uh, to, yeah, kind of on air. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, there's there's still words we're not allowed to have in the songs and uh, certain things I'm not supposed to talk about and so forth. So yeah, there's some FCC stuff, but. Generally speaking, it's been a pretty cool uh, thing in the web stream we have, which is awesome at the station. WBWC, by the way. Yes, WBWC 88.3. So if yes. you're ever in the, the Cleveland area on a Monday night, you can listen to Trop Rock music on your car radio just just like you That's would right. any other any other classic rock or country or whatever. So, I'm so, so It's funny, John. I'm so used to everybody listening the other ways, you know. With the yeah. with the uh, apps and the so once in a while I find somebody local says yeah I just listen in my garage on the radio I'm like really wow that's <laughs> just like a surprise I, I want to go back and talk about that in a bit but I, so at what point did you real become aware of the independent artists like a Jim Morris like a Sunday Jim do you have a a year that you really realized those guys were out there. Yeah, this is how it happened for me. I went on a, a, it was a Beach Boys cruise in 1995. There was three of the Beach Boys on this uh, ship. And I met a guy, his name was Rich Priest in Tampa. And I noticed he had a Margaritaville shirt on this Beach Boy cruise. And I was just starting to get into Jimmy Buffett. So I remember thinking to myself, I got to talk to this guy. And uh, we started talking about all our, our music collections, this, that, and the other. And he was the one who tipped me off. You know, he was like, oh, there's this great guy, Jim Morris. There's this Sonny Jim White. And, the, uh, you know, then I found out about Hugo Duarte through a parrothead friend here in town. And Hugo actually came to town here and did a show for us. But all that happened, I want to say, for me, it was like, and Radio Margaritaville went on the air right about the same time, 1998, I want to say. So all that kind of, it all kind of happened at the same time. I'd say late 90s. And then I got the idea for the uh, island time of 2000. And I'll, I'll just throw one more little thing out. I did a brief, before Radio Margaritaville went Siri, to Sirius XM, they had a short period there where they would let anybody with the equipment send in shows. And uh, me and a parrot head in town went down to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here in Cleveland, which has a sweet, super studio. It's the best studio ever. 
did a show in. And we recorded a half dozen shows that aired on Radio Margaritaville there. So a little trivia before they went serious radio. Yeah. And uh, Jim Hayne had a show on Radio Margaritaville back yes. then too, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. That was a. Uh... That was back. I, I I can remember Radio Margaritaville before they went to Sirius. I'd probably been listening to them for about a year, year and a half. Yeah. And then that change happened to Sirius. So it, and and it definitely it definitely changed a lot. When, oh, when absolutely. Sirius, so. Over the years. So two thousand. What was what was that process like for you to to get to get a radio show uh, on uh, WBWC? Uh, I mean, there's there's a process of getting a radio show, but then you had a pretty unique format. So, so talk about that. Well, our, our radio station, this is at Baldwin Wallace University, by the way. Um, they have a handful of specialty shows. Their, their format is modern rock or alternative rock, whatever you want to say, whatever the current rock songs are. And, and then they play a few classics in there now and then. But they've always had this handful of specialty shows. They got a guy that does a 50, 60 show. There's a guy that does a classic rock show. And then some of the students even do some specialty show. There's one kid right now that's doing something that hits from the 90s and the 2000s like that you know like that's so nostalgic now yeah. um but anyway at the t at the t yes indeed at the time i uh i had that idea like i mentioned and i had been doing other shows on uh, wbwc for a few years i had done uh, a dance because i was a dj in the bar so i was kind of up on dance music there for a while so i did that but none of them really uh stuck with me it was kind of a temporary thing so when I saw that all this music was coming together and I was discovering all these artists, um, I came up with this idea and I said, should I do this? Should I do this? You know, I, I think I got enough music now. And I what you have to do there is you just have to, I'd been on the air, so they didn't have to worry about me knowing what I was doing. Uh, but I had to present the idea to the student board. And at the time, you know, I was like, oh, these kids are going to think this is the lamest idea. <laughs> you know, I was really... <laughs> uh intimidated by the whole thing but what ended up happening well first of all there wasn't a good time slot the, the my original time slot was 1 a.m till 3 a.m on sunday Ooh. nights and the first night on the air was super bowl sunday so you know everybody was wiped out and sleeping probably the, the, the very first show but um it was really crappy time there for about a year or so, so i guess i call that my practice year i got to figure out what i was doing and then uh Lo and behold, the 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. shift uh, opened up on Monday nights, and it worked with my work schedule. I work at a TV station, so I've always had crazy hours, but uh, it worked out for me. And uh, the, then it was about maybe a year or two after that, the web streaming started, and then the social media things started, and then other stations became interested in encoring our show. And it's, it's just really, uh, uh, what's the word, snowballed over the years, yeah. So uh, 20 years in, in playing trap rock music, and, and you, uh, you kind of fall under that category of you play independent artists, you play the, the classic artists like a Beach Boys, a Buffett, a Bob Marley. You, you kind of cover all the bases. Uh, you know, some, of the, some of the trap rock stations and shows, they only play independent artists. Some of right. them don't. Uh, but you've seen a lot of stuff happen in 20 20, 25 years now of, of yeah. programming a show and being a fan. Talk a little bit about that, about the, the transition from, you know, Jim Morris uh, to to some of the, the folks we have today, the more country artists, just the, the younger generation. Talk about the changing of the guard that you've seen happen 
you've probably seen three or four different eras of trap rock music at this point. I guess, yeah, I guess that's kind of weird to think. Well, by the way, I wanted to finish one last thing from the last question. The, remember I told you I was intimidated by the students? The yeah. exact opposite happened. The, the students have always embraced the show, and they've been so nice to me, and it's it's blown me away. And they, and they actually, uh, as a committee, uh, nominated me into the Hall of Fame of WPWC. Oh, so, wow. I'm in, so I have a plaque and everything. Um, so anyway, it turned out pretty good there. Yeah. Uh, as far as, far as the music goes, um, yeah, in the beginning, there wasn't that many, uh, you know, like I mentioned, Mark Mulligan, there was Jack Mosley, uh, Don Middlebrook was around. There was just a handful. And, uh, it was funny in the, in the early shows, I would play so much Buffett because I needed to fill, you know? So it was like, I, I, I probably had like four or five Buffett songs on every show and there wasn't a whole lot of these other guys. But as the years have gone on, it's really been amazing to me how um, they've taken that basic theme or mindset, if you will, and have just expanded all the different artists into different types of music, you know, like the Young Rebel Goombas, the way they take it and turn it into their sound. And then there's, of course, the traditional singer-songwriters, they do their thing and tell stories. Um, but it's been amazing just to watch just watch it grow and and so many of the artists they just find out about it or they fall into it you know they're doing they're kind of doing their own thing and they happen to do a song or two about the islands and well i'm on the radio on all these stations what what the heck's going on here and so it's been fun to watch that and now i'm telling you when i get to sit down and do a playlist i, I can't swing my camera around but there's a whole wall of trap rock here i got to choose from and that's just the cds you know that doesn't mention the stuff on a computer and uh so I, I really, I sit down, I, I want to say, I want to, sp I spend about three hours every Sunday night getting ready for the show, putting, I take my time with each song, what I'm going to put on. Cool. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's a deal. Three hours. I mean, that's a lot of time. So you can fit a lot of songs in, but then you got to figure out, you know, what, what you're going to play. And so you plan it all out ahead of time. You don't do much winging it. So there's the a little out. room for winging it. Yeah. But not, too, not too much. Basically, uh, I like to have the whole thing ready. I mean, some, sometimes people call in. Sometimes we have a, a live thing on Facebook, so some people might request right on the spot there. So I, I leave a little wiggle room, but basically uh, I have all the songs planned. And then I do interviews every week also, so i got to take maybe a 10, 15-minute block for that as well. And then we have a call-in segment, too. Uh, every week it's somebody different that calls in and talks about beer or traveling or whatever. <laughs> so do you uh – do you follow the genre definition or do you follow the community definition? And I'll explain what I mean by that. Are, are you open to playing a Eric Erdman, a Peter Mayer, a Brendan Mayer, that the music doesn't necessarily fit the the definition of trap rock genre, but they're definitely part of the community? Absolutely. In fact, just all those guys you mentioned, I definitely, I play Peter Mayer, I play Eric Erdman, and I just had Eric on for an interview. Um, and he's he said uh, himself he he sees the community you now and he says I think my next album might be more tropical, you know. Um, but yeah, we definitely we're not. I don't try to um, go away from it too far, you know, the basic theme of the show. Right. But I'm definitely open to stuff like that. And if it's good and and if the music is um, fits, you know, I'll play it. I'll give you a funny example. Um, Rick Springfield put out a. Uh, unplugged album a couple years ago where he did his hits you know acoustic 
and I'm listening to the, and he tells the stories behind the songs and stuff. And I'm listening to this album and I go, this is crazy, but I'm going to play cuts from this on Island Time because it fits. It's acoustic. It brings back memories from, you know, our audience is about our age, you know, and, uh, so I go, I go in different directions, but I try not to waver too far from the, you know, the tropical theme. Right. So t- talk about, we've talked a little bit about how you construct the show. Um, but I would think a once a week show, and apparently, especially back when you started, the live streaming wasn't much of an option if it existed at all in 2000. No. So talk about how you've built a fan base, um, both locally and and over the internet, all over the country. You have folks that listen to you now all over the country, but unlike a, a station like Radio Trapper Rock or A1A, you only had this three-week window, or three-hour window, I mean, every week. So kind of talk about that, about some of the challenges that, that a live show uh, presents when it comes to building a fan base, as opposed to a podcast or a 24-7 stream or something. Well, um, in the beginning, it was very difficult. And uh, I mentioned that we, uh, we got the web stream. But the, believe it or not, the first, when I did the show for the first year or so, I think the, the wattage was 100 watts. And then they got like 4,000 watts. So that was a big deal. And then we got the web stream. That was a big deal. And then social media came along. And what I did originally on uh, social media, do you remember meettheflockers.com? Do you remember I do that? remember that, yes. That was, it was like a Facebook for parrot heads or trap rock people, whatever you want to say. And they had a chat room in there. And we used to just uh, tell everybody on the radio, uh, go to the chat room. And this thing, there was all kinds of people on there. And it turned into a party. And uh, I translated, I, I moved that over to Facebook after Meet the Flackers kind of fell apart. And uh I've had, I got like four different, I have all these different categories for Island. I have the live page. I have a friends page where we kind of promote other artists and other radio, whatever, whatever they're doing. And then we have a put in bay one for just put in bay stuff. And then we have a general Island time show, but it's, it's come through uh, social media mainly and word of mouth. But I tell you what, you just said I'm tied to the three hours. These days, I'm not really tied to the three hours because I have turned it into a podcast uh, through the help of uh, A1A Media. And what I do is I edit out all the local stuff and I uh, get it down to a certain uh, file size and I send it to them. And it's about, a, I think it's about a two and a half hour version of the show and uh that thing has become a blessing because so many people have told me over the years you know oh, 10 o'clock on monday that's so late i can't stay up for that so uh, i i check uh we get a couple hundred you know, 100 or 200 sometimes uh people downloading it a week so that's cool and then there's the encores on the other stations too the beachfront radio and the a1a and surf 97 and uh, shore life yeah Cool. So I, have a, I forgot to mention, I have a new show too on Shore Life called Tropical Play with DK. And I do that one at home. I just oh, cool. throw, it, yeah, throw it together quickly. So the encores, is, is that pretty much just a straight up recording of the show? No post editing or anything? No, uh, that one's that's pretty much the same idea as the podcast. Although the podcast has to be a certain size, so sometimes I have to cut some things out. But uh, basically, I just take out the weather and the local stuff and the PSAs and all that stuff, and and I just send it off to the stations. Yeah, so uh, it ends up being about two and a half, two two forty sometimes nice. length. You know, so there are definitely plenty of ways people can listen. Check out the Allentown Radio Show, even if they're not game for 
10 p.m. on Monday night. Uh, right. Some people tell me the best way to listen is live, and I love those people, but uh, there's a lot of people that just count on that uh, waking up on Wednesday morning and uh, checking out the podcast kind of thing. So. Yeah, 10 a, I, I, uh, I'm impressed because I could not do 10 a.m. on a Monday night. I mean, 10 p.m., yeah, yeah. Yeah, 10 p.m. <laughs> it's 9 p.m. for me. There's been a few times when I'm like, all right, for whatever reason, I'm pretty wound up tonight. I'm usually in bed at 9 o'clock Central yeah. Time, and uh, there's been a few times over the years I'm like, okay, I'm like, I, I start seeing all your stuff on Facebook, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to tune in for 15 or 20 minutes, you know, on, on the rare occasion that it's Monday night, and I'm still wound up at, at 9 p.m. my time. So, uh but uh, so what, yeah, uh, how how hard right. was that though the first four or five years when you two thousand two two thousand three? By the way, I work a, a, at a TV station, so I work kind of a later shift. That's how I get away with being up okay. till one o'clock. Um, that was that was really uh, how was it in those early years? It was it's funny. I, a lot of times, I bet you there was hardly anybody listening. And uh, like I said, I guess that was a good practice because I, I got used to what I was doing. And you can imagine getting an interview at, uh, I would tell the artist, Oh, you're, you're going to be calling in at one twenty. <laughs> didn't go over so well. So it was a nice thing when the 10 PM thing hit, uh, everybody was a little easier with the 10 o'clock thing. So yeah. How does that, how does that work, uh, mechanically when people, I mean, I've called into your show before. So how does that work from your end? That number that people call, is it just like a radio station line? Yeah, we have uh, I think four to four to it might have six lines on there, and uh, I can put multiple calls on if I need to, and uh, you know it's just the, the panel like you've you've seen I'm sure with the multiple lines, and we just pot you up on the uh, phone line. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, when I called in a couple months ago, I was I was like, how does this work? You know, so it's that fascinates me because um, I've, I've never have, been in a real radio. Well, I've, I've been in, but it's been a long time since I've been in a real. Real radio studio, so. Okay. Yeah, we don't have Skype. I've had a couple people have requested Skype and stuff like that. I haven't, we, had, we, don't, we haven't done that yet, but yeah, just straight I, phone lines. I used to do a lot with Skype, but I think the world, the world has kind of moved past Skype for the most part nowadays, I think. <laughs> so. so I want to talk more about just about the music. Um, you've, you've obviously been going to Put-In-Bay for a long time. Uh, Put-In-Bay, yeah. And you go to Put-In-Bay fairly often right you you go for more than just flocking of the faithful uh it depends sometimes it, it only ends up being once a year but we try to get there two maybe three times a year yeah you know, go ahead and talk talk about flocking of the faithful a little bit uh that that was a fairly small event and i think a lot of people especially folks who are new to the community probably aren't aware of it so kind of give give the story of that if you don't mind we got involved in 20 or no let me see 2000 and Two, we went on a Parrothead cruise, uh, Brent Jones's famous uh, Parrothead cruise in 2002, and I met the Cayleys, Pat and Dan, and they were the organizers of this thing, and we're sitting there in St. Croix, and they're like, you got to come to the Flag of the Faithful, and it had been going on, I don't know, five, seven years at that point, and um, it was a real small event in the beginning, and at its peak, I think we had 200 or so, and they, they would actually limit the registrations because they didn't want it to be too big. But we had uh, we had years there where there was several bands, you know, like Finns was Paul Roush and Finns was playing over here, and Jimmy and the Parrots was over here, and uh, you know, then solo acts throughout the day and so forth. But it was a really cool event. Uh, we would draw people mainly from Pittsburgh. Well, Pitt, the Kaylees are from Pittsburgh, so we had a lot of Pittsburgh folks, a lot of Cleveland folks, um, 
maybe some Michigan folks. And we, occasionally we'd even get some Floridians that would make the trip up. And every time they did, they told, they told us they loved it. You know, it's, it's, it's like Key West, not nearly as many bars, but it's got that Key West vibe and the atmosphere. It's, it, and it, it's all, it also can be a family day if you, if you don't want to go to the bars, by the way. I always try to tell people that there's a, an array of things you can do that have nothing to do with that. But if you like the Key West atmosphere, like us trap rockers do, uh, you'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very unique place. Um, I think I went twice. Um, first off, okay. it is so hard to get to, like it's even harder to get to than Key West, especially if you're coming from Texas. Okay. Cause I, I think we flew to Detroit and then rented cars and then, you know, get on a ferry and yeah, it, it was a, yeah, it the was a is what throws people off. I'll tell a funny story. Jim Morris, uh, played there in 2003 or something and he I don't know if he didn't know about the ferry or whatever they had so much equipment and and, uh, <laughs> and we were booking him when I say we the Kayleys were booking him in this bar that was kind of tiny and sports is a big deal you know around June I guess the hockey playoffs were going on and I'll never forget it it was so crowded because half the people there for Jim Morris, like us, and the other half were there for this hockey game. <laughs> and it was like fire hazard. There was so many people. And it was like, oh, my God, it was a nightmare. But I don't know how I got, got off on that story. But, but yeah, it, sometimes uh, some of the artists get up there and they're like, well, I got to take a ferry to get over here. Yeah, it's like a surprise. Yeah, we came up. I think we brought the band twice, like 2010, 2011, something like that. This is, you know, oh. Jerry Diaz and Hannah Shreve I'm talking about here. And Jerry, oh, okay. had been, Jerry had been coming solo for, for years at that point, but right. we brought the band and it was, yeah, yeah. Getting a uh, six or eight people and equipment on yeah. a plane, then on a ferry. And it was, yes. uh, it was uh, interesting, but it's a really cool place. And uh, it, it, it does have a Key West vibe and it's out in a, I remember we got off the ferry and a Pam Fortner from Tropical Isle, they were big, oh, yeah. big into that. She walked up to me and she said, uh, who do you have your cell phone through? And I said, AT&T. And she said, turn your phone off. And I said, why? She goes, because we're actually closer to Canada than we are the United States. And AT&T will charge you roaming the entire time you're on this island. She was like, I learned the hard way. And I was like, well, I'm turning this phone off then, you know. Nobody uh, told me that. Place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was it was an interesting, interesting time. And, uh, you know, the Cayleys put a lot of work into that, I know. And, uh, uh I remember I when they played. That was great when you got Hannah's Reef playing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a fun. I'm glad we got to do it, but it was kind of like one of those things that like you don't want to do it every year because it's so yeah. difficult to get logistically. You know, logistically, and I'm sure Jim Morris probably had an even harder time than we did. You know, oh. getting from Florida. So I cringe when I think back to that because that bar that I just told you the story about it expanded like the year later. <laughs> of course, Jim had to be there when it was still this tiny little bar. So, but anyway, yeah. You know, Putin Bay is a cool place, and uh, Flocking of the Faithful. Uh, so it, it ended, and then they came back for a year or two, and then it ended again. So maybe somebody well, will pick it up and run with it sometime. I'll tell you the Reader's Digest version. The Cayleys have been doing it for years, and people would always – if the Cayleys are involved, there will be, people will come, as they say. And they just got a little tired of it, and they decided, okay, this is it. But the businesses were coming at me because they knew that I promoted this heavily and they wanted to still do it. And I'm not a trap rock or uh, event organizer by any means, but I can help promote it. So I worked with the uh, bars and we tried to pull off our own version of it. But there was like a third of the 
people that showed up for my version of it. Yeah. And that went on for like two years. And then the Kaylee said, you know what? We're going to do one more grand finale. So that was last year, 2019. And they did it up. They, they invited a lot of the acts that had played there a long time ago. And people that hadn't gone to the event for years came up. And it was a super, super. And thank God it happened last year instead of this year. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. <laughs> By the and one last note on that. The businesses up there still want it to happen. So if we ever get back to normal, maybe next year, we'll try to put some kind of version of it on, on you know, next year. Yeah, uh, sticking on the event topic, uh, this is always interesting to me because, you know, there's there's the six or eight really big events that everybody knows about, you know, the music on the bays, the party girls, the fence of the West. But what are, are there any other events up in the Midwest area that are kind of in that, you know, they're not huge events, but they're they're in that 200, 250 person range that, that folks in Texas or the West Coast may not be aware of? Is there anything else up there? Um, I... I have always heard about this thing in Michigan called Cheeseburger in Kaysville. It's Kaysville, Michigan. I've never been to it, but I, it's and it's not totally trap rock. Like if you go up there, there might be like biker groups and this kind of group or whatever. It's not just parrot heads, but uh, I've heard that's a really good one. And it's like a week long event. Um, oh, wow. Lake George in New York, upstate New York. They were about to do something this year that ended up getting canceled. Uh, but uh this thing over in Iowa, I get, I get, you probably know about uh, Island Fever Showcase. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be a part of that event. So oh, that's okay. A, yeah, I'm planning on going, so we'll see you there. Yes. And but as far as uh, right in this area, there there have been a, some here and there now and then, but currently, I think Pittsburgh does something in the winter, cab, um, cabin fever, something like that. But. Yeah. Not, gotcha. not a whole lot of them. We have to we have to go down to Florida and hang out with you. Yeah, guys. I asked that because like here on the Gulf Coast, there I mean, of course there's Parrothead Rendezvous in Panama City, there's Party Girl, but there's a ton of events that are in the I don't know the hundred to two hundred person range. You know that right. they don't talked about in other parts of the country, but they're they're fun events. You know that they keep the bands playing oh, yeah. and making money. So I'm just wondering wondering what there was up there that I didn't know about. So, but I know uh, I know that you go to Music on the Bay a lot. Um, yes. What else, what, what else is kind of on your yearly yearly calendar as far as travel? Well, if I can pull it off with work, you know, I'd be going to, and if I had more money, I'd go to all of them. But uh, Music on the Bay has become a priority. Um, they've uh, embraced the promotion that I do for them on the show, and uh, so that's a great thing. I get to go backstage and do interviews when I'm there, so that that's an awesome event. Uh, Meeting the Minds, of course, is great. Um, I was there last year. I'm planning on it this year. I know we're it's going to be a weird version of it this year, but I'm planning on that if that happens. Um, Panama City, I've never been to that one, the Rendezvous, but I've heard that that's fantastic. And uh, we're planning on the uh, Isle, the Surf Ballroom thing in Iowa. And this Ozark thing sounds really good too, but I, I just I only have so much money and time. And we'll yeah, see. <laughs> that's the problem. You. Only everybody only has so much money and so much time. Uh, yeah. Talk a little bit more about music on the bay. I've never been to music on the bay. I'm hoping to go uh, in 2021, but I just I just want to hear more about it from your perspective as as uh, somebody who's you know involved in the in the industry side of things. The thing I absolutely love about it is logistically, you can walk or take a shuttle to the event. So. Yeah. 
you know, if you're at the event, no, I got to go back to the room. You just pop on, hop on the shuttle. Or if you're to a hotel that's close enough to walk, you just walk across this bridge and you're back. That is fantastic. And another, another cool thing about it that I always talk about on the radio is when you're in Key West and you think, oh, I'm going to see all my friends from all over the country. And well, some of them are over at the Casa and some are at Captain Tony's and some over here. And so you end up like the only time you see them is like walking down Duval Street. Um, so music on the Bay in that regard is fantastic because we're all together at the same place and you're, you're going to see everybody that's there. You know, I mean, it's not that big a whiskey Joe's not that huge a venue. Uh, you will see all your friends and, uh, but Key West is Key West. So everybody's, you know, they all have their, their power, uh, their plus sides, I should say. But I would say music on the Bay is my favorite for those reasons right there. And then they, they hire so many acts i can't remember what they say 59 hours or something i forget what the number was but so many uh hours of live music and they have bands and they have solo acts and they just do a super job that's that's my favorite event i i've kind of said if as long as i'm uh alive and i can get there <laughs> i'm gonna go to that every year yeah that's a. Uh... That's like me I, for party girl. For me, that's party girl. I refer to okay. it non-negotiable. Like it's not. <laughs> okay. I haven't been to party girl. I need to get to that. You, yes, you should come to party girl. We uh, yeah. We can we can find some stuff for you to do there. We definitely. Oh. <laughs> would love to have you there. Yeah, music on the bay. I'm, I'm hope. Like I said, I've never been to music on the bay, so I'm I'm uh, I'm hopeful that I will be there in a official capacity in 2021. Okay. We're working working on both having pirates and poets there, and of course, who knows what's going to happen with uh with yeah. covid and and what we can right. do and what we can't do so hopefully you know music on the bay and everything else will be operating as normal in 2021 we can hope so absolutely so yeah uh so i i want to again because you've been doing this for so long and you've paid attention to the music uh as as well as you have as you've had to having a radio show i want to hear you talk about some of your favorite artists um songs shows just you know Talk about some of your personal favorites in the uh, trap rock in the trap rock world. Yes, yeah, and I mean, and, and uh, feel free to include Buffett, Beach Boys, Chesney, anybody like that in that as well. Oh, okay. Well, obviously, the Beach Boys uh, still my number one. I've seen them an embarrassingly amount of number of times. I want to say ninety over the years between Brian Wilson live and the Beach Boys himself. Wow. Um, Buffett, of course. Um, Chesney, I've only seen Kenny Chesney once, but I do like his music. We, he's always been a mainstay on the on the playlist on Island Time. Um, I hate to like just name certain people because I'm going to leave people out, but I love um, Young Rebel Goombas. I love their music. Howard Livingston uh, is great stuff. Bob Carwin does some really creative music. Um, that song by Howard, uh, "Meet Me in the Keys," I always think that's a classic. Um, and I got tired of leaving, if, if you've ever heard that one by Howard Livingston, how he talks about how he would go to Florida in the early years and always had to come back, and he got tired of leaving. It, it's kind of a special song. Um, Boat Drunks are great, you know, great party band. Um, Captain Quint back in the day, I don't know if you remember Captain Quint, that's where John Patty got started. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a small personal connection with them because uh, – when they first started, they were looking for gigs, and I, I happened to just kind of luck out, and I got them this really sweet gig in Cleveland, and they were so excited about it, they wanted to make me their uh, manager at the time. 
And I, I didn't know anything about that and so forth. But so I, I didn't really end up doing that, but I, I became their Cleveland manager. And I think I, we ended up having them up here five or six times for a few years there. And um, they were a great band, but they never, uh, they never caught on huge with the Meaning of the Minds uh, thing. I mean, they were there a couple of times, but they were a great one. I, lo- I love to play their music. Kevin Johnson was in the band, and he ended up being a producer for many years. Um, for so, so lots, many artists, lots of folks, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Mark Mulligan, I love. Uh, you know, they they're all special. They all have their, their different niches. Some new, I'll name a couple new acts that I love: Bahama Mama and the Painkillers. I love. They've got such a unique sound. They're from the East Coast. Uh, this new guy, Joe Trapani, I just had him on the show last week. He's he's got like a rock edge to his. And it's all, he's like a studio wizard. He does, he plays all the instruments, writes the songs, produces them himself. I think he's going to be a good one. Uh, He just started. So that's a couple of random thoughts. Tell me, uh, repeat both those two new folks that you just talked about, because I don't think I I know either one of those. Oh, really? Bahama Mama and the Painkillers are from Connecticut, I want to say, somewhere in uh, New England. And they just put an album out about a year ago. They got a, a female uh, lead singer, Stephanie Belio, I think her name is. And they're just energetic, um, kind of rock pop, trap rock. It's all tropical theme. And I've been playing them on the show. And Joe Trapani, he's out of North Carolina. Um, he just he just said, I'm going to – he, he was, had a little bit of interest in the tropical music, and he put out this one song, and he, he contacted me and I guess a couple other radio guys. And I, I don't normally do this, but I was so knocked out by his music. I, I said, you got to keep doing this. This is You're, you're on to something. And I think he has about five, six tracks now. And he's he's working towards uh, maybe a full release here uh, down the road. But um, it's really good stuff. And like I said, he's a whiz in the studio. Joe Trapani. Trapani. Okay. Some, some of these... Some of these artists, by the way, I, I, I mispronounce their names for like a year, and then finally I have them on for an interview, <laughs> and oh, then figure out I've been screwing up their name. So Dennis McCoggy, um of Tropical So, I mispronounced his name. Yes, me too. Five, and I knew I was doing it. Like I just, the harder I tried to get it right, the more I just completely butchered it. I mean, for years, years and years. How do you say it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, McCoggy. So I finally got it right one day, and I was so excited that I was like, Dennis McCoggy. And I was like, I did it right. Makagi, Makagi, Makagi. So now all of us around here, we call Dennis, Dennis, Makagi, Makagi, Makagi. It's uh, my joke. Yeah, I know I butchered it for at least two or three years. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I quit trying. I just called him Dennis McConaughey, like Matthew McConaughey. Like, uh, okay. I, just, I quit trying. You know, it was, it was okay. embarrassing, but I did. So I, I want to make an observation here. Uh, you talked about Howard Livingston and how much you enjoy his music. Uh, that's a Midwest connection there. He's a Midwest guy who ended up in the Keys. So, yes, you know. Is, is that your uh, is that your game plan, man? To follow Howard Livingston to the Keys? Oh my God! Yeah, I, 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 we'd all be lucky if we could do that. He, he, I've been to his house, by the way. Uh, it's amazing. Have, have you ever been, been in his neighborhood? Oh my God! I have no, not. I, uh, no. Yeah, that would be a dream to live there or or anywhere near there. Um, I'd like to. Uh, if you're talking future, once once I retire, I would like to. Uh, either spend part of my year there or, uh, you know, be a snowbird or whatever. I mean, I think I'd like to live there actually, but we just, I just don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm yeah. still a couple of years away from that, but can't come soon enough. I'll tell you that. 
Our winters are getting harder every year up here. I'll tell you. You know, uh, I I grew up in Arkansas and I couldn't take the winters there. So I don't know really? how people I don't know how people <laughs> can survive in Cleveland or yeah. Pittsburgh or places like that. Yeah. yeah, I could not do it. So it's great in the summer, but not so much. <laughs> yeah, January, February. <laughs> We're 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 talking on video here, uh, so I can see you're wearing a tank top, and yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's probably pretty decent up there right now. But eighty, yeah, right now, I, yeah. I would love for it to be eighty here. It's about ninety here right now with eighty percent oh, really? humidity. It's miserable hot, but Ooh. yeah. So, and how yeah. how far how far are you from like Lake Michigan? Not, uh, not Lake Michigan. I'm sorry, uh, Lake Lake Erie. There, that's where Lake Erie. Yeah. Well, I go to work every day downtown, and Lake Erie's right there, so uh, fifteen miles north, I guess. Uh, but the 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 uh, pleasure uh, part of Lake Erie would you know is more towards uh, Putin Bay that we're you know the boat I mean there's boaters in Cleveland also but the uh, boaters all gather up there in the Lake Erie Islands uh, that's about an hour and a half to the ferry and then you as you know another half hour on the ferry so. yes so and uh, just to go back to Putin Bay for a minute like. You can't see the mainland from Putin Bay, just for folks who are trying to put this all together in their head. Like it's, it's, it's out it's there. A little bit, yeah. Now you can't. They have a mon, uh, uh, a peace memorial monument for uh, Commodore Perry, the eight, War of eighteen twelve, on Putin Bay. That's kind of the landmark of Putin Bay. Yeah. On a clear day, you can see that memorial from the mainland, but you cannot see the mainland from Putin Bay now. Yeah, not at all. So, uh, what do you listen to when you're not when you're not listening to trap rock? What else uh, gets you going musically? Oh, I love uh, there's several bands that, and it's acts that I love. Um, Chicago is one of my favorite bands. I, I've seen them several times. Brian Setzer, Stray Cats, uh, Brian Setzer solo. I have like almost all his music. I'm looking around right now at my CDs because I know where everything is. Um, I love the Monkees, uh, Ario Speedwagon, Pat Benatar, you know, a lot of classic rock, Boston, Sticks. I love Sticks, Dennis DeYoung, uh, Frank Sinatra. I, lo- I love uh, Crooners. Um, I'm a huge Sinatra fan. I got tons of albums by him. And, uh, of course, the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. So uh, it, it's funny. I listen to so much trap rock getting ready for the show and doing the show and listening to the show. That when I when it's time to just kind of chill, I generally uh, I'll put Billy Joel on or something. I don't. I once in a while I'll put a trap rock album. But usually I save that for the show. I guess. I, I think that's a pretty common thing among everyone who who works uh, in trap rock music. That yeah. you hear it enough that that it's weird that your escapism becoming ends up becoming something other than trap rock. It's it's yeah. an interesting phenomena. I guess is the way to put it. So uh, what do you what do you see coming in the future for Trop Rock in the next ten or fifteen years? Do you have any predictions or or just even things that you would like to see happen? Well, you know, I, there was a time where I used to think uh, this music kind of appeals to us older folks, and you know, what's going to happen when we all you know go away and all that stuff. But I've I've seen signs of encouragement because there's all these new younger acts that are getting involved, like Bahama Mama, like I just mentioned, and uh, you know, Erica Sunshine Lee and uh, Aubrey Wallet and uh, this Joe Trapani guy. I mean, there's there's younger blood coming in, and uh, I hope there's a lot of younger fans coming along. But I'm encouraged because it's so um, there's so much music out there. Like I said, it's nothing like the old days where I was struggling to uh, put together a show of tropical music. There is so much of it out there. Um, 
So I I think it's uh, going to go on. I mean, I I wanted to say years ago. I don't know how much longer this will go on, but year but year after year go by, and we're still here. We're still rocking trap trap rocking. And uh, you know, you got your established guys, uh, Kenny Chesney, Jimmy. You got Zach Brown a little bit. Um, kind of carry the torch. I don't know. I think I think we got some years ahead of us. I hope so, because I don't want to be like 55 and alone with nobody to hang out with. That's, <laughs> that's my great fear in life. So, so uh, let's let's talk a little bit. We're recording this in June uh, of uh, 2020. We're living in the middle of COVID-19 yeah. uh, madness. So how has that affected the show? Are you still going in and doing it in the studio at the station, or are you recording at home? I was really nervous because some of the other DJs that – the radio station didn't want to go in. They were like paranoid about it. And my, my big fear was they weren't going to let me come in because I, I definitely did not want to stop doing it. So we, we've been doing all the protocols and we clean up the place. And uh, now we've gotten to the point because for a while they wouldn't even let us have studio guests. Cause I don't, if you've listened to my show at all, I've always loved having live guests and I, I love to bring in musicians and so forth. So we did, it's been like this drought. We haven't had a guest on in a long time. They're slowly saying now, okay, I can have one person, and as long as they stay far away, bubble, you know, which yeah. we're gonna do. You know, we're not we're not not taking it seriously, but I missed that part of the show bringing in people. So um, that has been uh, the biggest effect. But thankfully, uh, throughout the whole thing, and I noticed those first couple shows when everybody was at home, you know, the whole world seemed to be at home. I think we got. A lot of people, a lot more people than normal listening because it was like, oh my God, he's still doing this thing live. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, I have to ask you this because you've mentioned it a few times now. How many uh, CDs and records and stuff do you have? <laughs> you keep looking to the side, looking at stuff. So I know yeah. there's a bunch there. It's a library. Uh, it's out of control. I have no idea. <laughs> I would say thousands and thousands, maybe 10,000 or more. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mostly CDs or? Mostly CDs. Now, now as you know, being a, in radio, trap radio, a lot of the stuff these days is coming through the computer. So the CDs for the trap rock is kind of slowed down. But I still love, um, if it's an artist, I really, truly love. Like, brand new album came out by uh, Jimmy Buffett with that big booklet and all that stuff. I love having a CD. You know, you, you get to read about, you know, who wrote the songs and maybe some stories behind the songs and all that stuff. I, I think that's a lost thing in this current music uh, situation because everybody's just, they're missing out. They don't know, you know, there's the, the artwork and the pictures and all that. I, I love all that stuff. So um, yeah, it's out of control. I probably, yeah, maybe 10,000, maybe 15,000. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> So if I ever move, it's going to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> so I want you to uh, I want you to take a couple of pictures of all that for me, and I'll put it in the uh, show notes for this. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Just so we okay. can. I want to see because, I, like I said, okay. as, as we've been sitting here doing this, we're on. We can see each other on video, and I see you. I'll ask you a question about a music, and you look to the side. I can. I'm like, what's I mean, over I there? Swing, I could swing it around if you want me to, real quick. You know what? After we get done, swing it around. Okay. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> risk unplugging right. something in the middle of all the interview. Right. So. Well, we can start wrapping this up here, but I have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. If you uh, if you're game for it, so. Sure. Uh, what's your favorite Buffett song? Um, I have a couple. Um, probably "Last Mango in Paris" is probably my favorite. 
in a real close second is Who's the Blonde Stranger. I love those songs, those two songs. I, I love a lot of his songs, obviously, but uh, somebody, the reason I had that answer so quick is somebody else asked me that recently. Oh, really? last, last Mango, probably. I love, I love uh, when, when you're in Captain Tony's and you go in the men's room and the lyrics are on the wall. I just, that whole yes. thing is just so cool. And it's a great song about Captain Tony. It is a great song. So uh, uh, a special question just for you. What's your favorite Beach Boys song? Oh, that's pretty easy. Uh, wouldn't it be nice from Pet Sounds? I've always thought, you know, the Beach Boys are just fantastic vocally, and Brian Wilson was an amazing producer, writer. But everything they potentially could be lyrically, musically, harmony-wise, all came together in that song. And I can remember as a teenager hearing that on the radio and going, whoa, this song, and it's still to this day gets me the whole pet sounds album is that's my favorite album by the beach boys but wouldn't it be nice yeah okay and you cut out another question because you already said pet sounds is your favorite beach boy album what's your uh, favorite cocktail i don't really drink uh mixed drinks much i'm mainly a beer guy but um um but what what's the uh but i've been on cruise ships whether it's bahama mama or something that bahama mama but something to that effect yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> All right. Why is uh, I'm a craft beer guy? Yeah. Oh, craft beer. There we go. What is your favorite song by an independent trap rock artist? This particular song. Wow. Can it can it just be a recent one? Because that's a toughie. Sure. I would say that the best one I've heard in the past six months is that uh, Donnie Brewer uh, tacos, tequila, and trap rock. That's no, a great song. He, yeah, the the channeling of the '80s glam rock into trap rock <laughs> I, lo- I love that song yeah yeah yes and I- i'm on that song i just have to point that out really the the viva tacos that's me is yeah. that right yeah donnie uh donnie's a real good friend of mine and uh i'm actually on like three or four different songs of donnie's now <laughs> yelling viva to a guy like i'm a big tequila drinker so okay. like my catchphrase for like eight years now has been viva agave so at some point donnie was like i want you to do that and i'm going to put it into one of my drinking songs so then this has become like a tradition now that that viva agave ends up on every like the past three donnie brewer records so then when he did that song he was like i need you to do viva tacos <laughs> so yeah well i'm gonna listen for that and i'm gonna mention that on the show yeah i'm, I'm in there so uh anyway back to rapid fire uh favorite buffett album wow um my favorite period from him is the early years when fingers taylor was highly featured but i have to say that i'm, I'm going to get the title wrong but pink crustacean album where he's got the blue uh white sport, sport coat and the pink crustacean yes he's got in 1976 and he was living in key west so there's all these references to key west that is probably my favorite one a1a is a great album also and any any of those from the first eight years or whatever i think are just I mean, they're all, there's great albums later, too, but that's my favorite period, yeah. All right. What is your favorite beach? Where is your favorite beach, I should wow. say? Well, th- uh, unfortunately, I haven't been a world traveler as much as I'd like to be, but uh, there's a beach just beyond Clearwater Beach. When you're at Clearwater, you go over this bridge, and there's a, another beach called Sand Key. And we stayed there uh, for a week once, and it was just like the greatest I don't know. It wasn't too crowded. Maybe it was the time of year I went. I don't know. But I've heard that rock stars even stay at this 
uh, Steve Tyler of Aerosmith, I heard, was there one time. But um, that would probably be it. All right. Uh, what is a song or an album that you think everybody should go check out? Like personal favorite? Underground, like not Pet Sounds. Everybody knows about Pet Sounds. Something by an independent artist that most folks probably aren't aware of. So an album? Album or song, yeah, just something from like Trap that. Rock that people uh, might not any 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 artist. Or, or any trap rock. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Wow. Well Trap Rock, maybe I could do Trap Rock and then the other category. Uh I would say uh uh Rob Mel when he first came out had a really well produced album. And what I mean by that is he he went in the studio and he had musicians and it, it was a little bit more it wasn't your you know basic uh, unplugged thing. It was more of a produced album called Just Give Me the Keys. And it came out relatively early when I was doing the show. I want to say 2004 or five, maybe. And uh, I, to this day, I love that album because every track on it is just super. And uh, a lot of people talk about Rob Mellon. I go, do you know about Just Give Me the Keys? And so I'd say that one. Um, well, what's a, maybe in a, a rock album? Sure. Um, <laughs> and there's so many, um, that people wouldn't know about though, huh? Yeah. So that's, that's the fun part about this is you got, oh, wow. Jeez. Oh man. I really have to think about that one. Yeah. Cause the, the ones I'm thinking of off the top of my head are like big albums. All right. <laughs> so we'll keep it moving. Out of hell, probably. <laughs> Here's the big question that I, I thought about warning you about, but I decided not to. Uh, uh, if you were going to build a Mount Rushmore of trap rock, what four artists would be on it? Oh. In- independent artists. So Buffett, Brian Wilson, all those guys are not eligible. Okay. So so four? Four of them. Oh, okay. All right. Jim Morris, obviously. Um, probably Sonny Jim. Uh, Jerry Diaz. And Brent Burns or... Yeah, I guess Brent Burns. Or Jack Mosley? I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, everybody gets I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with Brent. Because right. they had that show last year, The Legends of Trap Rock, and I think all those guys were there, except for Morris, obviously. Yeah. So uh, if you could add a fifth person to that, but it has to be somebody who doesn't play an instrument. It's a, it's a non-musician from the community. Who would that person be? You mean it just has been a big part of Trap Rock? Yes. Not a musician? Not a musician. Somebody from the community. Wow. Well, my buddy Fred Wonder comes to mind. I mean, I've never met anybody like him and uh, such a um, tireless uh, promoter of trap rock music. It's just, it just blows me, blows me away, everything he does to promote it. And when, when he found out about my show years ago, he used to go to the Flogging the Faithful of Putin Bay because yeah. he's from Pittsburgh. And... Uh, he came to me right away, and I, I just couldn't believe all everything he knew about the show and the musicians. And over the years, you know, he he's actually he's been uh, a big help to me uh, to be more involved with music on the bay, for example. And um, yeah, great guy, super guy. That would be the one. Yeah, I, I think that's a great answer because Fred Wonder is a he's a force of nature, and I think he goes to more events than anybody. Yeah, right. I mean, like probably more events than. Donnie Brewer, or Mike Miller, or Sunday Jim, anybody. So he's something else. Yeah, super guy. Well, uh, Dennis, I appreciate the time, man. Do you uh, have anything you want to leave folks with? 
Anything exciting um, coming up besides just trying to make it to 2021? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get through this uh, crazy stuff and uh, start trap rocking again and go to Key West. I'm really uh, missing everything just being normal. Like we should be talking about, hey, I'm going to be in Key West and everything will be normal. Um, I'm hoping to continue uh, building the show. And uh, I, I now have this sideshow, like I said, Tropical Play on shore life so that's turning out to be a lot of fun as well and um i just try to get to as many events as i possibly can and hopefully uh things will normalize here that's all i can say for right now let's hope for a bright future yes hope so i appreciate you being with me and i want to encourage everyone to uh check you out monday nights at uh at 10 p.m eastern 9 p.m central uh on a w tell them the website it's WBWC The Sting, but for all the information on Encores and all the podcasts and all that stuff, it's ITRshow.com is the website, ITRshow.com. Island Time Radio Show. Dennis, thank you very much, man, and uh, hope to see you uh, sometime this fall. Hey, I got a quick question for you real quick. Okay. Are you guys doing the awards this year in the Key West? Uh, yes, yes. The, the plan is right now is the award show is happening. There's just so much... Uh, so much is in flux right now, you know, right. that the award show uh, is, uh, it, it, w- it would be wrong to say that it's not a priority, but the, the template is there. You know, we don't have to do a lot of work six months out to get ready for that, as opposed yeah. to, uh, you've probably seen uh, that I'm involved with the Trop Rock Strong stuff that's, that's getting put together. And uh, okay. we're, working on, we're working on a lot of stuff. Um, the award show is one of those things, but like I said, the, the award show, the basic template's there. Um, we, we don't have to create it from scratch. Some of the stuff we're working on is kind of getting created from scratch. So that's the priority right now. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have some, uh, information, more information about, uh, everything going on in Key West out soon. Uh, if folks go to troprockstrong.com, you can see a schedule of stuff that has been announced. Um, Excellent. and we'll be adding more to that as, as folks finalize their plans for Key West. So. Last year, you let me be a presenter at the ceremony, and I never got to do anything like that, and that was pretty exciting for me. So I'm, I'm hoping that happens again. <laughs> uh, you know what? I can't promise you it'll happen this year, but it'll. You are definitely in the rotation for the, okay. for the participation in the long term. So yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, Dennis, appreciate it, man. Thanks, Thank you. All right, bye. Thank you, John. <laughs>